Welcome to the Creating Sales Stars podcast. Each week, our host Pete Evans will be joined by some of the big and upcoming names within the sales industry. This is brought to you by Sales Star UK. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and listeners to the uh, the Creating Sales Stars podcast. I'm delighted this morning to introduce George Brontain, who is the uh, founder and CEO of, of Membrane. George is a lifelong entrepreneur with 25 years of experience in the software space, and George has a passion for sales and marketing, and with the life motto, don't settle for mainstream. George is always looking for new ways to achieve improved business results using innovative software skills and processes. He shares his thoughts on the award-winning blog, Art and Science of Complex Sales. Since 2012, George and his team at Membrane have collaborated with thought leaders and studied research to identify the success factors behind successful sales organizations. The result of, the, of Membrane's hard work is a software as a service that makes it easier for companies to capture, t- to capture learn and execute the behaviors needed to achieve sales excellence. So good morning and uh, welcome, George. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Great. So, so the um, the theme of these podcasts, George, is about creating sales stars, and uh, the the podcast is talking to sales leaders and sales managers globally. So, I just wanted to uh, open up and be, ask you, what do you see as some of the challenges for sales leaders in creating sales excellence in their organisations? Yeah, I think my my um, answer to that would be our own our own assumptions about what selling actually is. Uh, and and uh, as you might know, I wrote a book about the topic <laughs> called Stop Killing Deals, um, where I shared how, how I held very incorrect assumptions about selling. And I think that's what holds us back a lot of times, just how we think about things. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I've, I've read your book, and, it, uh, and it's excellent. What what sorts of paradigms did you come into, you know, selling with? And you, you, you've talked about these things that can block us in our own perceptions and paradigms. Yeah, I think just the word in itself, selling, it sounds like it's something we do onto others. Uh, and and I think we have to realize that we, we, we can help someone make a decision. And uh, hopefully that would involve us, our products and services. But selling is really about helping uh, and not so much about selling Uh, so i held a a belief for instance that sellers more or less are born um, that with a certain um, with certain traits and if you are extroverted and and uh, competitive etc etc then then you'll become a good salesperson whereas it's it's a profession right You, you have to there's a lot of things you have to be good at um, and also, depending on what you sell, those things are, are very different. If you're selling transactionally, or if you're selling a very, very complex solution. Um, so, so I think that was maybe maybe my main sort of uh, problem. I, I thought I could hire people who had certain traits and who had sold for other companies, and they would perform at, in my company and selling what we were selling, which was simply not true. Yeah, I mean, you've raised a very interesting point there about um, about extroverts. And when I first went into sales um, too many years ago to think about no, George, I sat in a room full of extroverts and thought I'd made the wrong career choice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but actually what I worked out was after a while that just because you were extroverted, it didn't mean you were going to be successful. Right. Uh, and I'm sort of interested you talked about 
people you hired with lots of different experience and you thought they could do it. I mean, how how did you feel as a as a sales leader when those people you'd hired that probably came with a successful track record were extroverted, um, didn't succeed? How did that make you feel? Yeah, so in the beginning, I I, um, I pointed outwards. Uh, I, I thought it was the fault of of the recruiting company and uh, um, yeah, it was the, the fault of these people. But but of course, I realized after some time that uh, <laughs> I was I was the problem, uh, um, and, and I had been making these um, these faulty assumptions. And and I also realized that I I trained them. I trained them well on certain things uh, like product, <laughs> but I, I did not train them well at all on, on other aspects, uh, such as you know more, more, more maybe more on the uh, uh, how how to engage people on the almost psych you know psychological level, uh, and um, and that sounds a bit Doctor Philish maybe, but <laughs> but really that's we engage with people and you have to understand people. Uh, so I realized that I was I was not doing a good job as as a sales leader, and I didn't have a defined sort of way of selling. So it became very ad hoc everything. Uh, so uh, when I did this, I did this in another company uh, that I founded, and I realized that wow, selling is is really complex when you're selling something that is not transactional. Uh, so I started studying a lot, you know, and read all these sales books about sales methodologies and but also went into more uh, NLP, neuro linguistic programming and how we people how we think and how we make decision decisions. And I think that's what what really got me excited about selling and sales leadership is that the, the human part is so uh, fascinating. And why do you think, I mean, obviously you deal with a lot of sales leaders, George, as we do. What do you think puts off sales leaders really diving into this and really um, investing in the sort of the, the coaching and the behaviors that are needed to transform sales performance? Because you mentioned there about, you know, training on products. And we still see a lot of companies who will focus on training the salespeople on the products, mm -hmm. but will ignore a lot of the the behavioral aspects of selling you you refer to it as the getting into the psychological level what 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 do you think puts sales leaders off from getting involved well f if i just refer, sort of think back of, to to myself i guess i didn't think it was needed because i was making these assumptions that uh, that's something these sales people especially if they've had a, s a career in sales should know uh, right it's not something i should have to educate them on uh, so I think there, there, there's just a uh, maybe a blind spot there, um, and it's easy to train product, right? We know our products well. Uh, we sometimes believe <laughs> that the product will sell itself because it's so fabulous, <laughs> it's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> a a and I, and I think uh, honestly that that might also be, or might it has it ha is a, a great problem today that for customers, most products really look the same. I mean, if I go to one website and I read about a product in a certain space and I go to the the biggest competitor they they probably look and sound very much the same so it's my strong belief that how you sell uh, is really the, the the only maybe differentiator you you got that can set you apart um, so I, I'm not sure that's a <laughs> response <laughs> to your question specifically but 
I think there's a blind spot there in, in uh, really, really diving into the way you are selling and what experience that gives the, the buyer. Okay, and I think I think that's a great um, a great response, George. Do you think Do you think some sales leaders, obviously not? I won't include yourself in this in this sort of question or comment, George, but that they're sort of wedded to the past of the the old way of selling. You know, they're so focused on the the product they don't want to equip themselves with some new skills and and maybe invest in you know software like Membrane to support you know great behavioral change in this in the sales process. Do you think there's a bit of that what I would term that dinosaur complex? You know, yeah. we've always done it this way. I mean, we're human beings, so we're, we're creatures of habit, and uh, habits are hard to break. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think that's the case. And also, there's little you know formal education to become a professional salesperson or a professional sales leader it's it's still a lot of learning by doing and uh learning by self-educating <laughs> uh, so i think um, there's there's a leap that has to be made there for for leaders and i had a great conversation yesterday i think we've had we have to be careful who we learn from <laughs> Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of s teachings going on in, in, in our space, sales and marketing, uh, that is just plainly wrong and, and, and hurtful. And, and this, this idea of uh, automation, for instance, which has been big for a while now, that you can, you can automate prospecting, for instance, and you can just you know, send out a, a, a series of emails and, and, and stuff, and, and all of a sudden you will you will have a bunch of customers uh, banging on your door wanting to buy your stuff. <laughs> I, I, that's just simply not true, depending on what you sell, of course. But yeah. sometimes these messages come from high-tech companies coming out with a completely new product, maybe even a new category, and they need to educate the entire world, and, and every company in the entire world is a potential customer. Of course, they have a different go-to-market strategy. They have a different way of selling than if you're selling, I don't know, a med tech product to yeah. you know, maximum of 10,000 customers worldwide. Uh, so we have to be careful who we, who we um, take our advice from. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, the internet's made it um, a lot easier to set yourself up as an expert, George. Mm. So, so I, I can completely agree that you do have to be careful who you take your advice from. And it's actually easy to set yourself up as an expert on day one, not having done any research. And there are a lot of people who attract a lot of followers on different social media channels. So I completely concur with what you um, what you say there. It's interesting what you say about, refer back to something you said earlier about, you know, sales is a profession, but actually there isn't really any formal education as a, as a set, you know, for, for sales leaders or, or, or salespeople. Um, do you think if there was a sort of formal route to get educated as a sales leader that that would help sales as a profession? Yeah, I think so. Uh, if, if done right, they, I mean, there are universities that are starting uh, to, to provide curriculums for, for professional salespeople and, and sales managers. We, we work with a, a few of those. Um, and yeah, no, I definitely think so because there are f fundamentals we we have to know in, in selling, and those can be those, those can be um, taught. Yeah, um, so absolutely. So, how would you respond? Um, and this was a, a piece of feedback from a sales leader a couple of years ago, George, from a, a former client of ours, who the sales leader said, 
I, my people don't need any coaching. I don't need any uh, software to you know transfer. I've got a magic sales leadership source. How would you respond to that if a sales leader made that sort of comment? He did what? He had what? He said he had the magic sales leadership source. <laughs> <laughs> and that, okay, and that did not include coaching. No, that did technology. not. No technology. <laughs> well, I would really like to know that magic sauce. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it sounds sounds like he's got a, a bit of a overconfidence there for sure. Now, I mean, coaching is is the magic sauce, I believe. Actually, uh, in, in any profession, I guess you, 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 everyone has everything they need inside of them. Uh, but how how to get that out uh, is is what a good leader can do, right? And and that coaching is is at least the best tool I've found to to get people to extract their their own excellence, <laughs> so to speak. Okay, so so th th this sort of co um, comes in nicely in terms of using tools to support um, to support coaching and, and i think it would be remiss of me not to mention membrane on this uh, on this podcast george seeing as you're the, the founder and ceo of uh, of membrane um you know you've talked about your your passion for sort of sale um you know sales excellence um you know you write a lot about this and you know um you know what's get gets in the way of deals and you know particularly you mentioned complex you know complex sales do you see do you see technology and and tech stacks such as membrane can really enhance the coaching process for a sales leader and sales manager yeah absolutely i think without um without technology it gets much more difficult because you you don't you don't have any measurements really it's all manual it's like flying an airplane without any instruments uh, through a blizzard it's 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 too hard you you need data to, to really understand what's going on. Um, and, and also you need to find sort of, so technology, we can, we can have all, all, also overconfidence and uh, an overbelief in what technology can do. Um, the reason I founded Membrane was that I wanted the technology to help me define our way of selling. How should we be selling? And I, I thought that CRMs were really poor and, and there still are very poor at that because they're basically designed just to have on that assumption I mentioned previously that salespeople ought to know what to do and sales leaders ought to know what to do that you just use the CRM to log what they've done uh, and that was something that really frustrated me and I, I wanted to sort of have a map of this is how we should be doing it and this is when we need to ask a certain question and this is when we need to engage a certain stakeholder but there was nothing like that in in CRMs. So yes, absolutely you need that guidance from my perspective and and technology can really do that and also the stickiness of training because it's very easy to go to training and then you forget about it unless you actually execute and, and do what you've been taught you, you're going to forget about it and that's where technology can come in as well to sort of reinforce and remind you about all those good things you you, um, you learned yeah i mean it, you've picked up a, um there's some really great points that i've that i've noticed there so you talk about um about crms and some of the frustrations with with crms and and i also picked up on that like you know salespeople fill in crms because it's like a tick list like a checklist but it's not really adding any value to the to the sales process 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and there are, usually there is no real process in in my how I view a process. It's more you know a, a drop down or a Kanban board where you drag and drop deals based on your gut feeling. <laughs> but there's very little you know uh, milestones that said okay once you've once because it's all about helping the client right. We're trying to make a customer or a potential customer to come to a decision. Um, but in a traditional CRM, basically we have these gates uh, uh, which are just inside out. It's what we believe we need to do, uh, but we can be completely disconnected from the customer uh, where they are in, on their sort of decision-making mm-hmm. journey. So there's just more granularity uh, that I believe needs to be in a sales process that, than a sales process uh, than how a sales process is represented in a traditional CRM. Yeah, and, and how it's interesting you talk about your sort of sales sales process, and, uh, and as you know, we're really big advocates at Salesstar of, uh, of having you know a robust sales process and a milestone you know a milestone centric process. That, you know all, all these things that you're talking about in terms of you know engaging the decision makers, helping the the buyer come to a decision. I really love that. Um, love that phrase. What do you think puts off sales leaders actually really getting stuck into this and you know embracing having a milestone centric sales process and you know really understanding the understanding the buyer? Or do you think they're just stuck in an old fashioned way of selling? I, I think a lot of uh, sales people and sales leaders. Um, might have this perception that um, y- you cannot, you, it's not like baking a cake, hence you cannot, they, they think a, a sales process is like a recipe, like A, B, C, do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you'll get a, 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 the exact same outcome. And of course, selling is not like that, uh, but that's how I, that's the pushback I hear a lot, um, is that you cannot have a sales process because uh, sales is is not uh, like a recipe. It's it, you cannot just follow a process and then get the same outcome. But but then that's uh, just a misconception, I think, of of what a process should do for you. But that that's the what I hear the most. It's like there's no need uh, to have like the the leader you you s- you mentioned previously <laughs> on on this call. Like uh, they 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 have the magic sauce, and you can never put that into a process. So I don't need a process. But of course, if if you don't have a, a process, and and I try to stay away from the word process yeah. actually, <laughs> because of this, a lot of sales leaders I've met just hate the word process because, uh, yeah, they think every deal is a snowflake, uh, <laughs> and, and and it's it's true. I mean, every every uh, human being is different, so every sale is it will be different, but there are still milestones. <laughs> And ways people make decisions that you can align with, and and the process is great for that. And without a process, we're back to the not having any measurements, right? You don't have yeah. any any way of saying, oh, what's our win rate? What's the sales cycle length on average? How are we doing on improving deal size? If if that's a goal, uh, we'd have no idea if we don't really have a good process. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned some really interesting sort of things there that should be measured, or particularly sort of the, the length of the the sales cycle and the, and the win rates. And I think a lot of businesses are still, and, and sales leaders are, 
measured on what we term as, as lagging indicators. So that's the financial success. Uh, and so a business can be doing well, but it's not an, an accurate predictor of future success. So do you think it, it's maybe wider than just the sales leader, maybe the way that the the finance director or the CFO is measuring success? So they may be looking at the, the financials and not looking about whether that's you know scalable and predictable as well, because a, a great, you know, using you know we, we use membrane internally and you know it allows us to look at the length of the sales cycle the win rates and we use it as a coaching tool and you mentioned before about you know embedding training that you've received so actually you can more accurately predict if a deal is actually going to land and coming back to the point you made you know helping the buyer come to a decision in those in those milestones so do you think it's the way we we measure things as businesses and we're not focusing on the, the leading indicators that are going to predict future success. Absolutely. And, and I think it's a, it, it, the lead sales leaders need to take more responsibility, I think, in, in this uh, because CFOs might not understand what effectiveness means in selling. So they, they just see quotes sent and, uh, and and revenue booked, you know they see what they uh, want to see and want to measure. But if you look at a pipeline, what's in that pipeline? How do I define or how do I figure out if if it's qualitative? And uh, what what makes a sales team effective versus efficient? This is also something that I I find a lot of people get confused about. There's a lot of focus on efficiency, like do more faster <laughs> yeah and, and technology i think is is uh, is really um, used for this a lot Just like i was mentioning before automation send a lot of emails make a lot of phone calls but really if you want to be effective it, it's about how well do you actually conduct yourself once you get a, on a phone call with a customer uh, how are you providing value in each interaction? Um, I thought Neil Rackham said it well. I believe he said something like, if, if you leave a meeting and the customer is willing to pay you for that meeting, you've done a good job. <laughs> uh, so really, if you want to be effective, you want to measure things like win rate. Because if you have a win rate of, I don't know, it's, it's hard to be maybe benchmark without yeah. any definitions, but let's say you have a 10% win rate in your, in your pipeline. That's really low. Uh, but you might have a lot of uh, stuff coming into the pipeline because you've, you've spe you're spending millions on, on marketing. But are you being effective? M maybe not. Uh, and instead of spending more millions on the marketing, maybe you should be looking at those the right leading <laughs> indicators and and the effectiveness uh, measures. Yeah, I, I I love what you're saying about um, effectiveness and and that um, that comment from from Neil Rackham. You know, if you leave a meeting and the customer's prepared to to pay for it, you know that that's been that's been a successful meeting. I think what I hear a lot, you know, when we're we're coaching say uh, sales leaders and sales managers and, and, and salespeople, you'll hear a lot of the comments. Oh George, I, I had a great meeting with that prospect, and yet the the salesperson can't actually define what a great meeting is. Uh, for for me, you know, if I if I do a discovery meeting, um, a great meeting is have I come away understanding the uh, the prospect's challenges or their pain points, 
and, and have I got a commitment to the to the next steps? But we hear all the time there's lots of great meetings going on. Yeah. And that's maybe just to satisfy the sales manager or the sales leader. I don't know, have you come across that as well in, in your work where you know people say I've got great meetings? Yes, and, and, and it's 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 one of those fun fun things you hear is like, okay, so what was the outcome? What what was the expectation of, of the person you met? Uh, when you came into the meeting because i think that's like we 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 have our own uh outcome in mind uh but how often do we understand the what the buyer is 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 there to to achieve uh it's it, it, th there's something called the trust equation and maybe you're familiar with it and uh, I, I really like the concept of it because it takes uh, all the good things you need to to you need to be knowledgeable. You need to be uh, really uh, can't re remind it top of mind now, but 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 it divides it through your level of self interest. So you can be very knowledgeable, you can be relevant, uh, but if you if you're just in it for your own self interest, uh, then I nobody will trust you, right? So I think that trust formula is a good one to Google and 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 learn because. You, you you need to be there in the meeting to f be curious about the customer and how you can help the customer because that's that's what we that's what selling is about but sometimes we just listen to speak and we we listen to get our outcome uh, instead of really really helping that buyer to get to the next step in their decision making process yeah it's it's interesting your reference um you reference listening and you know s staying in the moment and, and lots of salespeople are are just listening to respond they're thinking about what they're going to say rather than true listening and you mentioned before about you know it's important to be um important to be curious do you, th do you think as sort of sale do you think sales leaders find it difficult to listen to their team and truly listen to what's going on i think there needs to be a mind shift once you if you i mean a normal career path would be that you, you're a good salesperson and then you someone promotes you to become a sales manager or sales leader but unless you actually want to now help others succeed uh, it's going to be difficult to be a sales leader or a sales manager and I think sometimes people are promoted without really having sort of that motivation to help others succeed uh, so, so that's the main problem I, s I see with sales managers is that they they're not really driven or motivated uh, to help others succeed. They're still in sales mode where they want to be the hero and they want to uh, to sell. So they sometimes just jump in and do the work for their salespeople instead of really coaching their people and, and, and helping them grow. And, and do you think that? That's, yeah. Do you think so. that might be related to financial pressure from the the CFO where the sales leaders have got to you know really deliver results? So you know if you if you're coaching your people, the the medium and long term benefits of coaching are, are without are without question, because you know you're creating a culture of of sales excellence. But in the short term, if you're the sales leader and you've got your number to hit, the temptation might just be to dive in and take over. Yeah, of course, and also in a in a smaller company where you have that divided role, you you also need to be a performer and you're a sales manager. Uh, then of course it complicates uh, things, but but I think it, m mostly from what I've seen, it's it's more of a a, m a mind shift 
that needs to happen that uh, I, I need to now understand that okay if I'm a manager now I shouldn't be the one bringing all the deals in I should be helping my people to bring the deals in and unless you actually want that and and that is something you you aspire to to do and do well it's going to be difficult uh, so and and this is a, le a leadership thing you shouldn't just promoting your best salesperson into a manager is just because it's just not a good idea. Yeah, well, it, it, it's a bit like in professional sports. The best players don't always make the best coaches mm. or managers. So a um, couple of final questions, um, George. Um, what's the one tip that you would, go, you would give to a sales leader to make them, help them make them more successful you know, in the, in the challenging sales world we now live in? Yeah, to truly dive into how their customers make a decision. I, I, I dislike the word buying journey, which is being used a lot, because um, I don't think people are, in depending on what you sell, but in, in the world I live where it's complex sales and long sales cycles and multiple stakeholders involved in decisions, you, and they it, it's something they buy quite rarely. like. What we sell is CRM. You don't go out and buy a CRM once a week. It's something you do quite rarely as a buyer. So, and, and that comes down, a lot of services and products are like that. So you have to really understand how, how does my potential customer make a decision to buy something uh, like what I'm selling. Yeah. And, and usually, I think that the main problem I see is that we underestimate the complexity of them making such a decision because it's, it's very rarely the case that it's one person <laughs> who makes such a decision, but there will be a lot of people involved. So how do they think when they have to come up with that decision? Really sort of be a fly on the wall and understand, okay, they, they have to do this, they have to explore different solutions, they have to uh, just come to a decision if they should solve this without bringing in an external uh, supplier. And, and they go through all these things internally that we might not think about at first as, as sellers or sales leaders, but truly understand how your potential customers make a decision to buy whatever you're selling. I think that, that's what I would focus on. And uh, George, if people want to um, reach out to you and find out more about uh, yourself or, or, or Membrane, um, where would they go to? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, quite active there, so just Google my, my strange last name there and <laughs> you'll find me. <laughs> Connect with me there and, and check out membrane.com slash blog. I write there every week and we have really good guest bloggers. Okay, fantastic. Well, George, thank you very much for being our very first um, guest on the Creating Sales Styles uh, podcast. Hopefully you'd like to come back in the future and uh, be interviewed again, but thank you very much for your time, George. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by SalesStar and hosted by Pete Evans. For more information about what we can offer you, head to our website at salesstar.com forward slash UK. You can also find us on all social media platforms just by searching for SalesStar UK.